And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. Today, the rise and fall of Joss. Hello everyone and welcome. Jason out here in the bunker. We are live from the bunker here at Sci-Fi For Me World Headquarters. And a little experiment going on here today. Uh, We are testing a new closed captioning plugin. So if if you have the option to turn on closed captions, uh, I do ask a favor of you to see how well these things are working because I don't know exactly how well these things are working. So here we go. Welcome everyone. The phone number if you want to be part of the program, THX 1138. If you are watching live on YouTube or Facebook, the comments are open, the chat's open. If you're not live, you can always leave us a comment. Or send us an email live from the bunker at sci fi for me.com. If you are listening as a podcast, if you're listening to this show in podcast form, please let us know. We're uh, reevaluating a few things, and I want to know if it's uh, worth the time and the effort to convert these shows to podcast form. Uh, I imagine at some point, one of these days, when we're the 15 year overnight success, that maybe people will find the show on various podcast players. But right now our numbers are low enough. I'm wondering if we need to exert our efforts elsewhere. Uh, of course, we always have the, the Super Chats and PayPal uh, going uh, available. So if anybody wants to support the show that way. But the best support that you can give us is to share the links to our programming so other people can find all of the brilliant and wonderful content that our team creates here. And I do have a very good team of smart, creative people, and their work deserves attention. It's not just me. Although, you know, I am all that in a bag of chips. Okay, so uh, we get the word today that we're getting another reboot of Fantasy Island. Why? Why are we getting another? Why? Why are we getting Fantasy Island? This is going to be now the third series. This one coming from Fox. The third series. Because ABC had the one with Ricardo Montalban, and then they rebooted it with uh, with Malcolm McDowell playing Mr. Rourke. 
Bloomhouse did a horror version of a movie with Michael Pena. This is going to be yet another version of Fantasy Island. Completely, completely unnecessary. Have I told you about my lawn? I don't know. I just... I I continue to see all of the all of the news about the reboots and the remakes and the regurgitations that we're getting and I talked about this a little bit yesterday with the whole Disney uh presentation and it just doesn't seem like Hollywood has a creative bone in its body it's all recycled ideas it's all just a bunch of hey let's do this again you know, how many how many different reboots of Battlestar Galactica are we going to do? How many how many versions of uh, take your I mean just it gets very frustrating. And there's a part of me that wants to continuously complain about it, but there's also a part of me that just wants to just throw my hands up and just give up and say, Okay, I'm the old man in the room. I don't care anymore. Because who needs another fantasy island? Do something new. Do something original. Create something. Instead of just rehashing something. I don't know. I just... I just... It's, it's one of those things that just irritates me no end that I have to sit and, and consider the fact that we talk about these things over and over again, but they're new they're new things, but they're not new things. I don't know. I just I'm just old. I'm just feeling it. I got something in the mail today that actually kind of helps reinforce that. I got we've been talking here in the in the office, Mrs. Boss and I, about the fact that I need a new chair. Uh, a new office chair, something something with a little bit more uh, lumbar support, I guess, because I'm sitting in this chair a lot. I don't know. I'm probably 16, 20 hours a day in this chair doing all of the various different things that I do, editing and, and pod, you know, broadcasting and writing and all of these things. And so I get uh, I get this thing in the mail. Mrs. Boss, I didn't show you this, but you will appreciate this. This is the Zinger chair. It is an offer for a chair. Uh, it's called the Zinger. It says here at the top, Meet the future of battery-operated personal transportation. It's not a wheelchair. It's not a power chair. It's a Zinger. Okay, so I'm going to hold this up to the camera so people can see this. It is, basically, it's just this little chair with wheels. It's, oh, look how cute that is. Those of you who are listening to this as a podcast, you cannot get the benefit of the, of the fabulousness of this. There you go, the Zinger chair. And look, it folds up, even. You can carry it with you. It's like, it's like your own little thing. Lightweight, fits in a car. Pulls under tables or desks. Three speeds for indoor and outdoor use. Man, I'd be styling in some of the things. It even goes in reverse. 
Mrs. Boss. It goes in reverse. Does it beep? Does it beep? Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. It doesn't say here. It's got an eight-mile battery range. So I could go eight miles before I have to recharge the batteries. But I could. I could go. Ch I could go check the mailbox. I could. Oh wow! My oh, oh, well. Okay. This is a deal breaker. It's only available in blue, green, or black. I can't get a red one. I mean, really, what's the point? If you can't get a red one, you put little fire stripes on the side of it. Oh. Oh well. So much for that. All right. Last night on the H2O podcast, we talked about the Warner Media situation and uh, the decision to take their 2021 slate to HBO Max and a lot of the reaction and the blowback and the anger that has resulted in, uh, in uh, from that. One of the things that kind of flew under the radar, last week we got news that Joss Whedon was leaving a project over at HBO called The Nevers. This is a show that he came up with, it was his idea, and he was going to be the showrunner, executive producer, writer, basically all-around creative uh, head of that production. And then he wasn't. And he put out a statement. Basically, Warner Media put out a statement saying, you know, we have parted ways with Josh Whedon on the Nevers. No, no details, nothing really that says anything. I mean, we didn't even get the creative differences, quote unquote. It was just a very straightforward, we've parted ways with Josh Whedon. And Whedon himself came up with a statement that basically said that with, you know, the lockdown and the pandemic and the expectations and the pressure and, and all of these and the and the the challenges that were presented in quarantine and isolation, and all that mess, he can't fully invest and and actually do his job to the best of his ability when there are so many limitations that I'm, I'm paraphrasing but something to the basically to the effect of i can't do my job as well because we're all locked away from each other okay fine some people don't work very well in isolation. Some people don't work very well when they're locked up and they, they can't interact with people and you can't do that you know back and forth synergy that you get when you're in person with someone rather than you know talking on the phone or talking over a video conference or, or whatever. What? So yeah, some people can't even do that in person. Yeah, you have a microphone over there. I, I just, just a, a reminder, Mrs. Boss. So, so the timing of this is rather interesting because last week, Joss Whedon's not on the Nevers anymore. Now, the, the story of the Nevers, it is a bunch of Victorian women who have superpowers. That's the that's the nugget of the idea, and this week. 
Warner Media issued a statement saying that they have concluded their investigation of the the allegations that Ray Fisher brought uh, with regard to Joss Whedon's Justice League shoot. And Warner Media basically said, we've concluded our investigation, remedial steps have been taken. And they haven't clarified, they have not specified, they haven't gotten into any more detail on any of that. But the timing of it strikes me as rather interesting because both of those news items involve Joss Whedon. And it causes me to question and wonder whether or not the remedial steps that Warner Media took involve, include, Joss Whedon stepping away from his own show. And you can spin it however you want to spin it, and and the people that are involved are not going to give us very much detail, I'm sure. And Ray Fisher has even said that, you know, we're moving forward, so he's given indication that this is just the beginning of whatever corrective measures Warner Media is going to take. How much he's in the loop on any of that is anybody's guess. But I thought we could take a moment and look back through because for good or ill, whatever you may think of him, Joss Whedon is a pretty good example of how the cancel cult works. Because for a number of years, Joss Whedon was a feminist hero and ally. He's raised by his mother. Buffy the Vampire Slayer is one of, you know, his his greatest creation. You know, he's got Dollhouse, he's got uh um you know, the Avengers, and, you know, we got our, our, our superhero template. Uh, he had an acclaimed run on Astonishing X-Men and Marvel Comics. He's got Firefly, which has a number of very good female characters in it. So, so Joss Whedon was seen by many as this creator of... Very strong female characters, and you know the the writer of same. And they're like, well, how does it feel to be this? You know, writing writing these strong female characters is like, well, you should be asking everybody else why they're not writing them. Okay, point. Strong female characters need to be in all, in in a lot of different shows, but not every every not every female character needs to be the strong female character. You can have a a, a variation of them. And a few months before the Harvey Weinstein stuff broke, before the Me Too movement, Kai Cole, who is now Joss Whedon's ex-wife, wrote an op-ed piece for The Wrap talking about their divorce. And this is where things start to get off the rails. Because you have this situation, uh, as described and alleged by Kai Cole. Now, I'm going to say alleged because I wasn't there. I haven't seen any evidence of this. And as a responsible 
media figure, I should say alleged, Kai Cole alleges that Joss Whedon has had a number of an, uh, a number of affairs and abusive relationships. Not not physically abusive, but uh, emotionally. They take an emotional toll with various different m- f- women over the years, starting as far back as the production of Buffy the Vampire Slayer as a TV show. And that's when things start to come apart for Joss Whedon, the feminist ally. Because then we get other stories start to come out. We get other criticisms of Mr. Whedon. We get other comments and concerns and allegations. And we have Charisma Carpenter basically saying that uh, she got fired off of Angel after being pregnant uh, for reasons. We have uh, other people that are alleging that, you know, uh, uh, who played Spike. Um, where did I put that one? Here, okay. Um So, uh, uh, who played this guy? Um, James Marsters played Spike, and he tells Michael Rosenbaum in the in in Rosenbaum's podcast that Spike was not supposed to be a long-lived character. Spike was not supposed to be on the show for very long. He was just going to be a very quick villain, one and done and, and off. But he was so popular that uh, we ended up having to use him a lot more, and he, and he even became a main character in Angel. And Marsters shares the story that apparently at some point, Whedon was so angry, had put Marsters up against a wall and said, I don't care how popular your character is, you are dead. Dead, dead. Ostensibly, I guess, threatening Marsters with event- with killing off his character. I don't... I don't uh, it, it, these, these stories start to come out, and they start to percolate. And it's usually... Because Whedon's not the first one. It's usually those people who are very, very, very vocal about their support for certain causes, shall we say. It is a frequent happening that your keyboard warriors and your white knights and your allies turn out to be pretty despicable people. Unreliable allies. Uh, Allies in name only. They are performative in their support for a particular cause. Now, post Me Too, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of stuff that's been going on that, you know, 
like we like we predicted, like a number of people predicted, the Me Too movement got weaponized so that it's really completely ineffective at this point. If there are people out there that are doing this kind of thing for real, they need to suffer consequences for it. The problem is uh, with everything else, like with everything else in social media, the Me Too movement and various other aspects of cancel culture and whatnot have been weaponized to the point where if we don't agree with you, we can bring all of these uh, we can bring all of these weapons to bear, and you suffer the consequences of something whether you did it or not. Now, in this particular case with Joss Whedon, it appears that he did because uh, Kaya Cole talks in her in her op-ed piece about a letter that Whedon wrote to her basically confessing to everything. So let's let's assume that all of this is true for a moment. That Whedon felt the pressure and the stress and he's in a position of power and he's got all of these women around him and yeah, and he still wants to have the happy marriage. He basically wants to have best of both worlds. He wants to have his cake and eat it too, where he can have the marriage and he can have the fling and live the dual life and enjoy every aspect of all of that. Of course, eventually it catches up to you. It may take a long while, but it does. And then after all of this, Whedon's script for Wonder Woman gets out. And according to some descriptions, focuses more on Steve Trevor than it does on Wonder Woman. And, for, and, and you know, then we have the second Avengers movie that comes out. And people start to criticize what Whedon did with the Black Widow character with regard to uh, the sterilization of the character as part of the Red Room program. People are not happy about that. Basically, you're fridging Black Widow without fridging her, in, in a sense. So the, the wheels start to come off the popularity of this creator. And it's ironic because, you know, he's supposed to be this advocate. And he was going to be working on a Batgirl movie. We haven't heard anything about that in a long while. I doubt we will because Justice League by Joss Whedon is even now getting essentially erased. Patty Jenkins doing an interview recently basically saying that everybody has decided to toss Joss Whedon's Justice League out on its ear and ignore what it did with those characters because it's inconsistent with everything else that was set up prior to that in all of the other movies that they had made. So the Wonder Woman of Patty Jenkins' movies is more a Wonder Woman that we saw in Batman v Superman, which, granted, wasn't a lot. But, uh, according to Jenkins, uh, the, the changes to the characters in Justice League 
made those characters inconsistent with their portrayals everywhere else, and the directors of the other films decided to ignore what Whedon had done. And I've seen a report that about 40 minutes of Justice League by Joss Whedon is left over from Zack Snyder's stuff. So essentially... You have Joss Whedon being brought in to replace Zack Snyder on Justice League. And the reasoning behind it, you can you can go to town with all sorts of speculation as to why Zack Snyder was not able to finish. The official story is that he's taking time off to deal with the aftermath of his daughter's suicide. And I have no doubt that that factored into this. I'm not going to sit there and throw shade at Zack Snyder because of that. That that certainly I have I have not had a child commit suicide, but I have had a child die. And I I am never going to criticize or question the thought, the 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 motivations behind decisions with regard to that. If you have that kind of a situation going on, that's that's not that's not playtime. I don't envy. You know, I I don't wish that on anyone. And I can certainly understand because the the react the response generally to the loss of a child is either everything falls apart. Or you dive into something in order to take your mind away from the loss. Uh, that was that was my coping mechanism when my son died. Is that I I dove into work. I dove into uh, church efforts and various different things, and and really did not spend a whole lot of time working on my marriage as a result. But Everything kind of started to fall apart after that anyway. So I can understand Zach and Deborah Snyder taking time off and sitting there saying, we've got to regroup and we have to deal with this. I don't begrudge them that decision at all. And the studio, of course, makes that decision as well. And they say, okay, it's time. But there was also swirling around all of this the notion that Zack Snyder had alienated fans with his take on the DC Universe. So you have Man of Steel, you have Batman versus Superman, and this dark, grim, gritty, realistic, let's apply the laws of physics in real life to the superheroes. There were a lot of people that were complaining about it, and the fact that Batman v Superman did not perform up to expectations financially probably factored into this as well. Oh, hey... Here's here's a chance for us to hit the reset button. We have an excuse for Zack Snyder to be off Justice League. I think that there was a perfect storm of, of uh, events. It was a confluence of real-life circumstances plus studio politics that put Joss Whedon in the, in the director's chair because he had had a success with Avengers, well, he's done a superhero team-up. Well, let's do it again. And I think they were expecting a carbon copy of Avengers. And for all of the criticism that Whedon gets, there was a time 
where he had some very smart dialogue in his shows. And it was, uh, you know, it's still fun to watch the stuff that he's made. So I guess the studio was expecting an Avengers type of film, and that's what Whedon delivered with the quips and the and the snarky dialogue and and the the fun augmented up a little bit more than what that what Snyder was doing. The problem is the fans didn't like it, some of them, and it didn't make as much money as the studio expected it to, and so now you have a problem and. Okay, we're getting the Snyder cut, and we got uh, we hear a word either yesterday or today. Apparently, it looks like it's going to be an R-rated Snyder cut. So there's that. Yay! But Whedon now is persona non grata, and he has his uh, detractors certainly over the years. Uh, a lot of people would still like to see Firefly come back in some way, shape, or form. And there's a rumor of a reboot at Disney+. Plus. I'm not sure that's a very good idea. But then Ray Fisher comes out about a month after... Uh, I guess I guess maybe about a month after the Snyder Cut gets, gets announced. And he starts throwing shade at Whedon saying you know there were there was a bad a bad scene on the set there was abuse there was unprofessional behavior we've got Kevin Smith also saying that he heard from some of the special effects guys that were on set that Whedon was uh, disparaging Snyder's work was talking bad about him on set was uh, basically acting in an unprofessional manner. Now, when you get replaced, or when you replace someone on a job, it's generally not a good idea to badmouth the person you just replaced, because the people that are working with that person are still there. And it does not ingratiate you with the hired help to sit there and badmouth the boss. Now, there are circumstances where everybody hates the guy and they're all glad he's gone, but it doesn't sound like that was the situation here. So, where does Joss Whedon go from here? Is his career over? Because he makes a mention in the big statement that he that he issued that he's got a, a, a fairly big announcement that's coming up, something about uh, a big change in his life or, or, or something to that effect, and that has me wondering if maybe he's going to, maybe he's, maybe he's getting married. Maybe it's a, it's a life announcement, not a career announcement, because the way it's presented, the way he, he's talking about it, it doesn't sound like something work-related. And then the the question that follows is that are, is anyone going to care? Because in this day and age, you are either a useful ally or you're an enemy, and there is no in between anything else. You're either you're either on the right side 
or you're not. And if you're not, if if the the general powers that be, whether they've got blue check marks, they're the 12 crazy people on Twitter, or some political machinations going on in a studio or or some some political ideological identity politics movement decides that you're not the right person to be doing the thing you're doing, they will attack and they will be relentless in their attack and they will come after you and come after you and come after you and come after you until you either bend the knee or apologize or you get fired and canceled and you don't work in this town anymore. That's generally the, the, the way things work. That's generally the pattern. So I wonder what's going to happen with Joss Whedon. Feminist advocate staunch ally except not in this day and age where social media is weaponized just as much as it's abused and uh, useful how long does Joss Whedon's rehabilitation take Does Joss Whedon's career get rehabilitated at some point? Because some some people don't recover from this kind of reputation damage. Now, I have not seen any allegations that he's done anything illegal. That would be a whole nother kettle of fish. And he's certainly not the first person to have an affair, especially in the workplace. So that's something I suppose you could recover from if you're making the right efforts and you're sincere in those efforts. But professionally, from the standpoint of the general public and the court of public opinion... And office politics being what they are, how long will it take before Joss Whedon is worth the time to hire for a project again? Is the king dead? Is Joss Whedon's career over? Or has it just hit a little speed bump at this time? I find it really interesting that the other DC movie directors have decided to ignore Whedon's version of, of Justice League. I think it's interesting that the studios seem to be coalescing behind Zack Snyder once again. <clears throat> So maybe this whole his daughter's suicide was an excuse to get rid of him might not have been true at all. Maybe the executives said, okay, well, we're in this mad scramble. Then they make a panic move to get, we've got to get Justice League done. Who can do it? Rather than putting it on hold and waiting for Snyder to come back, 
You know, it, it reminds me of what happened with Star Trek The Motion Picture. It has to get done. We have this date. We have this commitment. They they had, uh, for Star Trek The Motion Picture, they had movie theaters had already committed money to that December release date. They couldn't move it. The movie had to be finished. <coughs> and it hit theaters and it wasn't finished. So maybe there's an expectation here. Now, the other part of this, the other aspect of this, the question of how much of this is Warner Brothers, and by that I'm saying Toby Emmerich, how much of this is Warner Media, Jason Kalar, and how much of this is Mr. Stanky at AT&T? Because Ray Fisher's allegations against Joss Whedon don't, don't stop with Joss Whedon. The allegations also go to John Berg and Jeff Johns, who are no longer affiliated, associated with the DC movies. Now we have Walter Hamada in charge of everything. And Jim Lee, the, the publisher over at DC Comics, is ostensibly involved in some way although not not in a big way but they're still dc comics properties so you're going to have somebody from dc comics involved in at least a, a a consultant capacity so where does joss whedon go from here and where does warner brothers go from here because Warner Brothers is having their own media firestorm with regard to the whole HBO Max thing. And we've got the Snyder Cut as the cornerstone to everything that's coming afterwards. But, stop and consider that HBO Max... Okay, so Disney Plus has The Mandalorian. And we talked about this a little bit last night, and Tim pointed out, rightly so, that not only does Disney have The Mandalorian for Disney+, Plus, but you've got the entire catalog of Disney films that are now behind the Disney Plus paywall. For HBO Max, what we were hearing when they decided to roll out the Snyder Cut was that the Snyder Cut was their hope for their own Mandalorian, that the Snyder Cut would be enough to get subscriptions up for HBO Max to be a viable entity. So now that Warner Brothers is rolling out their entire 2021 film slate in order to boost subscriptions to HBO Max, you have to wonder now, is the Snyder, are they looking at the Snyder Cut of Justice League as not enough? But also consider that HBO Max is not nation is is not worldwide yet. They haven't rolled out in enough countries, really, to even to even compete with Disney Plus. So so Warner Brothers has their hands full. Warner Media, AT and T, they have their hands full not just with the Snyder Cut and the HBO Max, and now they have to deal with all of the meltdown and fallout from that. And that could very well be figuring into the decision that we're just going to cut ties with Joss Whedon because we just don't want to deal with it right now because we got bigger fish to fry. 
we have bigger problems than just dealing with the Joss Whedon stuff. We've investigated. We take remedial effort, remedial, uh, remedial steps, and stop and consider what that means. Most of the time, when we hear the word remedial, it's generally in context with school. Remedial reading, remedial math, remedial English. Basically, the students that are in those remedial classes are playing catch-up. But stop and consider remedial is related to the word remedy. We are correcting for a deficiency. We're correcting for a mistake. We're correcting for an error. So whatever the remedial steps that were taken... Did those remedial steps, did that remedy involve cutting ties completely with Joss Whedon on everything that they were working on? And that includes the Nevers. We're, we're done with you on Justice League. You're not going to do another DC movie ever. You're not going to do Batgirl. You're not going to do the Nevers for HBO. Joss is done. Now, Jeff Johns and John Berg haven't been with Warner Brothers for a while, so I, what relationship is still there for those two, we don't know. Jeff Johns, of course, still involved in the Stargirl production over for HBO, which is now going to be on HBO Max, but that's his baby. Is that the only thing that he's going to be able to do? Are they going to take remedial steps with regard to Jeff Johns? Does that impact Stargirl? I don't know. The Snyder Cut, I think, is coming out in May? I'm not sure. Uh, but no, it was not... Uh, when they announced it, They it was not part of the... Uh, we're rolling out HBO Max, here's the Snyder Cut. Uh, it was, here's HBO Max, sign up for it now because the Snyder Cut's going to be out in a year. HBO Max rollout has been troubled, stuttering. Uh, they were obviously not prepared to do this yet. But now they're kind of backed into a corner where they have to do this, uh, both in terms of the pandemic, the, the, the quarantine, nobody's going to the movie theaters. Now what do we do? And really the only thing that they have that they can put on a streaming service like HBO Max, besides, well, I mean, you've got the Warner Brothers library and the Time Warner stuff and, and the Turner or the, the, the Turner Library and whatnot. So there's an extensive amount of content that you could put on HBO Max. The problem is you've already got HBO, you've got HBO Go, you've got all of these other different versions of direct-to-consumer, whether it's cable or streaming. So why not consolidate all of those and make everything HBO Max and just roll it out all together in that one service? They're not doing that, and I don't know why. But there, it, it's very clear that the HBO Max rollout was not complete. 
was not how it was supposed to be. I think they were probably waiting for another year. But pressure, you know, the, I don't want to say peer pressure, but everybody else is rolling it out. I mean, Peacock's got 60 some odd million subscribers, signups. That's Peacock. That's the NBC one. Now, CBS All Access does not have that many. CBS All Access is hurting. So we'll see. I don't know. But it is something we'll keep an eye on for the Joss Whedon fans. I mean, you see, and the, and the other part of this, too, and, and, and this kind of falls in line with some of the stuff that we keep track of here with events, because there is a Whedon-centric event. Whedon, Whedon, Whedonopolis, I think is Whedoncon. Whedon what's that? What's going to happen with that one? Does that event continue? Will that event have, you know, have, will there be an impact on that event in the fallout of all of this? Are there going to be more allegations that come for, or, you know, come to light with regard to Whedon's behavior and his professional demeanor? And how long will it take for him to recover? These are the questions. These are the questions to be asked. And it would be nice if I had somebody on the inside who could sit there and slip me a note every now and again and say, you know, this is what I heard. This is what's going on with John Whedon. You want to know? I got the scoop. But I don't have anybody who give me a scoop. So I am like all of you. All of you who are interested in this sort of thing. Some of you... This could be the least thing that you're thinking of ever. Well, for those of you who are interested, for those of you who follow the career of Joss Whedon, we are all in the same boat. We just see what happens next. And what that's going to be right now is anybody's guess. Whatever his announcement is, we will cover it, of course. And as uh, as things develop with the Warner Media stuff, we'll keep an eye on that as well. And if any other information comes out about any of that, we'll of course share that with you in the appropriate moment in the appropriate show. In the meantime, uh, I would like your feedback, if especially if you are listening to this show as a podcast. Uh, we would like to know, one, if you're listening to this show as a podcast, and by that I mean the audio download through podcast players like iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, that sort of thing. If you are listening to the YouTube video, that's a different thing. If you're listening to this as an audio podcast, we would like to know that. Uh, so uh, send us send us a note live from the bunker at sci-fi for me.com. Let us know that you are listening and the, which which podcast platform you use. Uh, because if most of our audience, if 99% of our audience is on the video side of things, then we need to factor that into some of our plans for 2021. And as we roll up... Uh, here in December, 
Uh, we're trying to make some plans and there are going to be some changes. We're going to make some adjustments and some different things going into the new year. But I want to make sure that we're putting our efforts in the right place. So those of you who listen, your feedback is very valuable at this point. We would very much like to know if anybody's listening to our podcasts as opposed to watching our shows. So that having been said... We are on almost all of the social media channels. Uh, We're on, and let me me pull those up here so people can see, so that you can subscribe. Uh, There, I mean, we're we're everywhere. On the video side of things, besides YouTube, we're also on BitChute. Uh, We're on Library, which I think now is being called Odyssey. Uh, we are, we do have an account on Rumble, but I haven't quite figured out how best to use that yet. We're looking at alternatives to YouTube because YouTube is a bad actor in the space for a number of reasons. And it doesn't have to do with, you know, the, the elections, one of them, but how they've been treating smaller creators is just continuing to roll downhill on this. And we're looking at other options. So there's that. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Vero, Pinterest, uh, and then some of the outlier uh, accounts, you know, Minds, MeWe, Parlor. Uh, so it, you know, we're we're kind of all over spreading spreading everything out, so we don't have our eggs all in one basket. Uh, because I I have very little doubt in my mind that at some point when we get big enough. Uh, to get on somebody's radar, we will have a target put on us for whatever reason. I don't know. Uh, so I'm I'm hedging my bets, trying to anticipate when that happens. So we're 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 on various different other platforms. Um, so there is that. Now tomorrow on the program, uh, we will have an interview. Uh, we are scheduled to have a conversation with Mr. Lee Zlotoff. You may not recognize the name, but you may recognize one of his creations, MacGyver. So we will have uh, the creator of MacGyver uh, tomorrow on the program. So have your Swiss Army knives at the ready and your paper clips and your rubber bands and your super glue. So we will be having a conversation with him tomorrow, and I think we're going to have Melinda Snodgrass on uh, Thursday. So those uh, those interviews coming up this week. Last night we dropped a new H2O podcast, number 249. So we are that close, that close to a major milestone for that show, not just episode 250, but episode 250 in an anniversary week. So we're very excited about that next Monday night at 8 o'clock Central. And then coming up this week, we're going to try to get another Tardis sauce out with a Doctor Who uh, conversation. Uh, New Ranker Pit Friday night at 8 p.m. Central. And of course, the week's headlines and news on Good Morning Multiverse Saturday morning. So there is all of that. Busy week ahead. So uh, go take your vitamins, wash your hands, be ready. And just remember this one thing as we wrap up this examination of Joss Wheaton's career. Not every show needs a musical episode. Back tomorrow. Bye. 
This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Copyright 2020 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.